Hey there, this is MedTech Africa, a brand new podcast where we have conversations with health technology innovators from across Africa. I'm your host, Sam Oti, and thank you for joining us from wherever in the world you might be right now. If this is your first time with us, welcome. This is only episode two of our first season, and it'd be great if you could catch up on the first episode and continue to join us every month for brand new episodes featuring our brilliant guests and the exciting health technology innovations. On this episode, I'll be speaking with a phenomenal lady. Her name is Adelaide Odiambo, the CEO and founder of Blue Wave Insurance, based here in Nairobi, Kenya. Blue Wave is a tech-driven company that is designing microinsurance products that are simple, affordable, and accessible to the mass market. Adelaide's primary degree is in actuarial science, and she spent over a decade in the insurance industry before taking an entrepreneurial dive into the world of microinsurance and digital health. So join us as we have what I think is going to be an amazing conversation. Hello and welcome to the show, Adelaide. It's really a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Uh, I know we've had issues trying to schedule, but finally, finally, it's such an honor to, to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's really cold in Nairobi, so um, I'm struggling uh, to, to to keep warm, but um, energies are still up and high. So I'm happy. yes, it is surprisingly cold. So, um, but you know, as uh, as people living in in Eastern Africa, it's not a real winter compared to to what happens, uh, perhaps. <laughs> so I'm told. So I'm told, but I yes. tell you, it is really, yes. really cold. I think it's about 15 degrees Yes, today. and we don't have central heating, so the world needs to know that. So they should... <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they need they to should, excuse they us They should there. stop judging us for, for complaining. They should absolutely not. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so let's get right into it. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? Who is Adelaide Odiambo? Wow, that is a big question. I think we are always trying to figure out ourselves every day, but I, I'll try my best to, to, to break it down. Um, Adelaide, um, I'm a 38-year-old mother of two, just um, getting into a new phase or a new season of life, um, newly separated, working towards a divorce, and um, it's been a very interesting journey of actually getting um, getting my company to one space and actually ending uh, that part of my life. So I'm finding that I'm in a space where um, I'm, I'm, I'm morphing into a completely new person. I'm a mother of two, a girl aged um, 10 and a boy aged eight, um, born again Christian. And um, I'm, I just have a passion in doing as the best I can to, to change the lives of those who are in my continent and need products and solutions to, to, to basically make their lives a lot better. In Africa, we, we, have, um, we have a concept uh, called Harambe, which is when risks occur, uh, we really depend on community to step in. So I'm trying to see if I could give alternative um, solutions that actually work uh, in my continent. So I've been in the insurance space for about 17 years, and um, I'm just excited about um, 
about the new incoming technology, the access to information, the, the, the usage of internet, mobile money. So just infusing all this into creating something innovative for the continent. So that's who I am. Well, thank you so much. And it's a pleasure to meet you virtually. And sorry to hear about your separation. It's, uh, yeah, um, all the best as you rebuild rebuild your, your life. Um, so uh, the audience uh, obviously will not know this, but um, you are leading uh, this company known as Blue Wave Insurance. So what is the story behind Blue Wave Insurance? So when was it formed? Who are the founders, the history behind even the company name? And uh, what's what's wow. your vision for, for this company? So uh, Blue Wave um, was founded in 2016. Um, I, I read uh, the book uh, Blue Ocean uh, Strategy, and it just drives the concept of building a business where the competition cannot come close. And and for me, Blue Wave really morphed out of that um, out of that thinking, where we are riding on a blue wave, and um, and we 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 are set far apart. The the, the company was founded uh, by myself, um, the majority, um, and really the the main uh, founder of the business, and I received uh, support um, at the time with um, my ex husband. Who was a, a developer, a game uh, game developer, and I, I just saw how insurance was struggling, um, uh, struggling to, to to really get out of the stone age and get into innovation and get into the kind of um, successes we have experienced with with fintech such as Mpesa, and I felt that it's really a, a ripe time to to see how technology can infuse into into insurance, uh, specifically the health, health, um, health tech space, to be able to create cutting edge solutions, cutting edge processes, and and and, and just start demystifying um, insurance. So the, the the name, the founding, we are looking at about five years now, and and still going strong. That's absolutely amazing, and you know, I I, I caught that you said. Um, the insurance industry is still in the stone age. <laughs> that 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 is quite interesting, and I thought that you were inspired or by um, you know breakthroughs and innovation in uh, fintech and in Pesa. Uh, for for those of you who are listening from outside uh, Kenya, Mpesa is a mobile money transfer uh, system that has basically transformed. Um, the financial sector in in Kenya and in East Africa and has won multiple awards. So I see that that also inspired you to sort of bring innovation into into the insurance uh, industry. So, so I was going to say, I, I think that's a great segue for you to tell us uh, about the value proposition of of Blue Wave. What makes Blue Wave innovative? Uh... Yeah, so it, I will be I will be doing such an injustice uh, to Blue Wave if I didn't really share uh, the story of Joseph with you because a lot of how we innovate, a lot of how we design, a lot of the partnerships that we seek to make um, all stem up from this story. But before I do, you were just uh, closing in on Mpesa, and I'd like to say that Blue Wave was among 
one of the first um, insured tech or insurance providers to actually integrate with M-Pesa's Daraja um, API and uh, enabling M-Pesa and claim settlements to be done. And we were among the first pioneers to actually be put within M-Pesa's marketplace, uh, which is a part of uh, a platform that um, uh, Safaricom built to enable the insurance ecosystem to thrive. So we we are really proud of... um, of this partnership because it has really helped to demystify and to make insurance closer to the people who need it. So, um, I mean, M-Pesa's story is definitely a success story of how financial services should work or how financial services can work for our continent with solutions that are homegrown. So, yeah, so our value proposition, I I wouldn't do it justice, as I said, if I didn't share with you the story of Joseph. So this is unfortunately a sad but true story of one of our customers called Joseph. Joseph um, was a fisherman in Lake Victoria and his wife was diagnosed with kidney failure. He needed about uh, $360 US dollars, 36,000 Kenya shillings at the time, to start her dialysis and treatment in her local um, hospital. It took Joseph about two weeks of fundraising within the community and space to, um, and, and he barely um, raised around 120 US dollars. That is 12,000 uh, Kenya shillings. So um, what he did is um, he got a bit desperate and he was forced to sell his boat um, to take his wife for treatment. While she was undergoing treatment, unfortunately, um, she passes on. And, and, and Joseph now, a desperate once more, goes to the community to fundraise uh, for her burial. It is so, so sad that it's during the fundraiser, the funeral fundraiser, that Joseph raised more than double what he needed to take her for treatment and potentially save her life in the first place. He raised about 640 US dollars during this um, community uh, funeral fundraise. So Joseph's story is really a reality of how most of us Africans, uh, uh, most of us in our continent, address and face risk, where um, the, the, the local sort of insurance instruments may not always come through. And, and, and clients such as Joseph just require um, affordable, efficient, easy, um, trustworthy insurance products to be able to, uh, to to absorb these life shocks a lot better. So the value proposition that we offer as, as a company is starts with this story of Joseph, where we look for aggregators, financial services, banks, circles, cooperatives, all the table banking organizations we call here CHAMAs. And when we see how to embed these microinsurance solutions through these kind of brands that they trust, and in return, then these brands, whom we call aggregators, gain loyalty, they gain return customers, they, they cushion themselves, those who issue them loans from, from, from side of the, some, some, some of the, 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 the risks of, of lending, etc. So our value proposition always starts with understanding Joseph, understanding his need, designing and solving this problem, and then seeing how to distribute these products and services through these aggregators, which he already trusts. So that is that is really the story and the backbone behind what we do. Amazing stuff. And really sad to hear how Joseph's story ended and the irony that he was able to raise more money 
after his wife died than uh, while she was still alive. And I think it speaks to the whole, you know, ecosystem of of, ins- of health insurance and how that has consistently failed uh, to be inclusive and to uh, cater for for the most needy. So it's really an honor and a privilege for me to hear about the work that you're doing and how you're trying to make health insurance uh, more inclusive. So what has Blue Wave achieved so far? What kind of traction have you uh, attained? And if you're at liberty to say, how much have you raised in, in terms of investment? Um, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, we, we, we are at liberty to say. Um, so of, of date, um, to date, I think my number one pride and joy is to talk about the impact in, in the customers that we have been able uh, to put together. Um, we are right now in two markets, that is in Kenya and Malawi, and are just beginning a project in uh, DRC Congo. So um, it, 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 it gives, me, um, gives us a lot of pride to see that what we are trying to, to do is, 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 is embraced and is valued in markets outside Kenya. In total, right now, we have close to 65,000 customers, uh, microinsurance customers, who are accessing our products and service um, through different channels. We have some that are embedded within financial services. We have some that are bought directly through uh, our USSD codes. We have some that are sold through strategic partnerships where they sell this to either their employees, etc. So we have uh, to date raised about 300,000 US dollars we are rethinking our model, especially in light with um, with COVID and pivoting and restructuring the business before we embark once more into our pre-series A raise, which is a million US dollars. So um, the, 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 the joy is to, to have a, a pool of a, a database rather of experiences. We have done some successful projects and some that have failed and we have fallen flat in the ground uh, trying to establish. So we're just harnessing this information and knowledge and trying to see how we can improve our products and services a lot better. Fantastic. I think uh, anyone who knows anything about startups will tell you the key to success is failing fast uh, and, and moving on and, and finding the next window of opportunity and pivoting uh, as quickly as you can rather than falling victim to uh, what they call the sunken cost uh, fallacy. So good to see that you're you're pivoting and that you're making strides to continuously improve uh, your business model. Um, you said you mentioned that you've reached sixty five thousand people. That that is absolutely phenomenal. So tell me, on average, what does each person need to pay in terms of premiums, for example? to get access to, to insurance and, and what kind of insurance coverage do they get? Wow, that is, it, it's really dependent on many factors. We have some products that are even um, as high as $50 a year. Um, that's about 5,000, 6,000 Kenya shillings. We have others that are even extending to about $200 on the higher side. That's, that's, that, those are some of our health capitation products, which give um, a comprehensive inpatient, outpatient, optical, dental, maternity kind of services. And we're trying to increase the value of um, 
of, of, of access to healthcare um, um, significantly in comparison to what our current NHIF or our universal healthcare project has. And we have some products that go as low as 10 cents of a dollar, um, 10 cents to, to which is about 100 Kenya shillings. Um, and, and, and we have even some, in, uh, some um, not, not, not 10 cents, we, we have products which are about 10 shillings, um, which is just at 10 cents. And in some cases, even um, a dollar, um, a dollar a month, a dollar 50 a month which gives a more kind of substitute healthcare products, hospital cash, where if uh, one of our clients are hospitalized, we don't really offset the costs of hospitalization per se, but we give an, an element of income replacement. What we realize is that most of the SMEs, um, those working within the informal sector, border-border uh, border drivers, every single day are out of work, is a big impact for them on their daily wages. So um, a, a day out of work would mean that you lose out in about um, $20 worth of pay. And you'll find that some of these are either early, um, early diagnosis of treatment, malaria, typhoid, et cetera. And they, they, they would need to be in hospital to get the right diagnosis and the right treatment. But because they're afraid to uh, lose that day's wage, they'll very many times delay treatment making it a lot more expensive, like in the case of uh, Joseph's story, Joseph's wife, which was really delayed um, access to treatment that really brought or fast-tracked her death. So what we do is in, some, in, in cases where our clients can't afford conventional, comprehensive healthcare products, we do what we call substitute health, which is cash, uh, cash payout, $10, $20 a day for being hospitalized so that to incentivize them to to get to hospital, get treated, and um, and they walk home with at least their daily wage or, or, or in a day or two. And then, of course, there's the usual cliche, microinsurance products, funeral benefits um, with payouts of about $1,000, sometimes $200, um, depending on their, their ability to pay for these premiums and how frequently. We also have personal accident cover, which is really becoming a, on common demand because of the large upsurge of border borders, which these are the motorcycle delivery guys uh, within the continent and also specifically in East Africa. We have a huge, huge database of about 3 million border border, border, border riders now who are running the Ubers, the Bolts, um, and, and, and those kind of um, delivery services. So it's coming again as well with an upsurge of a need for these microinsurance products. And 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 um, and and Blue Wave uh, does its best to to meet that. Amazing to know that you have that many uh, uh, numbers in terms of uh, commercial motorcyclists or Buddha Buddhas. They are popularly uh, known here, and 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 I think that this is one of the things that makes your 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 company really amazing. That you're you're trying to bring insurance to people who ordinarily would be excluded. Uh, by the traditional uh, insurance um, mechanisms. Um, but I'm sure that that comes with its challenges, right? Um, because I was going to ask, for example, how do you ensure that, you know, people who have almost unpredictable revenue streams uh, are able to be consistent in, in paying their premiums? Uh, and then obviously there's the issue of COVID that has put a lot of people out of work. 
Um, so how have, what kind of challenges have you faced and, and how, uh, how have you uh, tried to overcome some of the challenges? So um, what we quickly discovered was that um, when um, our, our target market understands the value and the role insurance plays in, in them absorbing um, these shocks much better, in them getting back on their feet much faster when these risks occur, we quickly discovered that price doesn't become an issue anymore. And, and the customer is willing to pay even three times the, the original premium uh, to be able to ensure that they are safeguarded for as long as the product is tailor-made to cater for the, what they worry about the most. And, and many times it's not even about themselves. It's about worrying about their spouse, worrying about their children's health, worrying about school fees, etc. So we, we've quickly learned that demonstrating the value of insurance is primary. And that's why even our technology is being built to really build in a lot more education and awareness campaigns we have already put up an IVR line to enable people just dial in into an, our, our, our toll-free line and they can hear about insurance and, 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 and it's kind of automated for them to just understand what insurance does, what it is, and we can even guide them through buying a few products towards the end. So the, 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 the concept or the idea that price is the number one hindrance is, is slowly being demystified. And, and I think with the upsurge of even COVID, I mean, there, there has been um, a, a spike in, 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 in the need for funeral benefits because the death toll over the last year and a half has, has really been high. So there's a deeper appreciation for family funeral packages and, and a product which would have struggled so much before to sell. I mean, they has, the, the, the Harambe is the community-based fundraisings have, people are exhausted um, in, in doing this. And, you're finding that very many people are looking for other alternatives to be able to finance themselves. So we are quickly learning that um, it could also be the season we're at uh, due to uh, COVID, that price is now not the hindrance anymore. And they're even willing to top up a loan with, uh, with insurance. So trying to be innovative around different ways to collect premiums. The, 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 the smaller, the shorter, sorry, the shorter the term of premium collection, the more complex it becomes to administer the scheme and then the more expensive it is to actually offer it to this uh, target market. So we still are really fighting through with our insurance partners to see if we can bring down premium collection to daily because people do have sporadic um, income and wages. But um, a, a, lot of, um, a lot of the focus that we're having now is more towards education and awareness because we see that they really appreciate insurance once they know or they understand its value. Absolutely. I think for, especially for the bottom of the pyramid, for, uh, let's say, casual workers, for example, uh, generally education levels might be uh, relatively low. And so ensuring that they understand the value uh, of the products that you're offering, I think it's, it's absolutely uh, crucial. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, how, what kind of reception have you received from policymakers, from governments, and even from the traditional uh, in insurance uh, industry? Have you, has there been any hostility, uh, retaliation, or um, are you feeling, feeling the love? Um, 
it's actually been the exact opposite of hostility and retaliation. Most insurance companies have are really now, especially in the wake of COVID, remote, remote working, you have to service your customers uh, digitally. You have to ensure that um, service delivery and customer care is not uh, business as usual. So we are seeing a lot of interest from some of the, um, the, the insurance companies to, to partner and, and see how we can um, together collaborate and fast track our product delivery through our different insurance channels. We have also uh, started seeing uh, the kind of um, uh, reg, reg tech, uh, regulatory technology, and we are seeing a lot of hype around uh, different government regulatory bodies getting into the startup field and trying as much as possible to spur innovation. And we are lucky that um, our regulator is is putting together different concepts to try and um, in, in increase innovation for, for, for players such as ourselves. So it's a very exciting space and time to be within the tech, insure tech space, um, health tech space, because there's a demand for what we need, uh, for what we create. And there's also um, a, 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 a demand or an upsurge or an appetite to, 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 to support um, these, uh, these organizations. And, and it's really the reason why we are, we are now really pivoting and, 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 and seeing how we can, instead of being the sole distributor of these products, how we can license our technology for people to use and, disseminate uh, these insurance products to their own customers. Fantastic. And uh, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that you are excited at, at uh, the kind of regulation that is happening. Um, some other people have complained that the health tech sector is either under-regulated or no regulations exist uh, across much of Africa, or it's Overregulated, so it's, it's it's intriguing to hear, uh, and pleasantly surprising to hear that you actually feel excited at the kind of regulation uh, in this uh, particular space. All right, uh, we are going to take a brief break right now, and when we return, um, things will get a bit more personal. Um, anyone who's tried to be an entrepreneur knows that there are or there is a personal cost to being an entrepreneur. So when we return, we'll hear a bit more from Adelaide uh, about the personal side of her journey with Blue Wave Insurance. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Very exciting conversation with Adelaide. So, so Adelaide, tell us, what's it like being a woman in the health tech space? I know it's a space that is very male-dominated, and generally Africa is a very patriarchal society. So what's it been like? What kind of hurdles have you had to overcome? I would first say that I think I don't really struggle mentally with the idea that being a woman is um, is is going to be naturally difficult. Um, I was raised. Um, my dad was uh, was extremely empowering, and ever since we were little girls, he'd always point out um, to 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 a lady, a young person driving, and tell us, "You see, um, Mama, that is going to be you someday." So. We grew up knowing that we could be and achieve anything we want to be, and gender 
was never um, it was never an issue. Very positive outlook and positive and inspiring message right there. And kudos to your dad. He must have been one of the few feminists of his gener- of his generation. So kudos to him for for empowering you and encouraging you. Uh, not a lot of young girls have that kind of uh, encouragement uh, from 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 fathers, um, especially in the very traditional African society. So kudos to your dad. Um, but I'm sure you're all doing this for something, right? And so let me flip the question. What have been the high points of this entrepreneur journey so far? Wow. Um, I mean, the highest points was actually like standing at a global stage, sharing my story with close to 10,000 people getting people chasing you down to invest in your company. And you finally believe that, you know what, um, this crazy dream that you had is actually coming true. And, and, and you're kind of getting out of that, um, of that uh, imposter syndrome, because you know, for the, for the longest time, you almost can't believe that you can achieve the things that you want to achieve. And just to be able to see people appreciate it, honor it, invest in it was quite uh, game uh, game changing for me. And 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 most uh, I think sometimes even the, the very small um, achievements that come without applause, where you're 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 sitting with somebody and they tell you or they hold your hand and tell you in in their local language. Thank you so much because I don't know what I'd have done without that a thousand dollars if I didn't buy this particular product. And nobody's there to cheer. Nobody's there to even understand that in in somebody's life it has it has made a huge difference. So just having a little bit of both worlds has been very gratifying for me. Amazing stuff. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, real impact in the lives of real people, and that's Blue Wave. Uh, insurance. Um, Adelaide, really a pleasure having you on the show. So, I, I, And as we close, what next for Blue Wave and, and how can listeners learn more about your company? Wow, thank you. So the first thing is you can go to our website, um, www.bluewaveinsurance.co and um, you will watch the story of Joseph again. You will see some of our products and services. But as I said, we are now really getting to a point of pivoting where we want to see how we can hit the global, um, hit the continental space um, with these products and services. What next for us is if anybody wants to offer microinsurance products to their customers, then we are uh, the partner to go for. And that is really how this pivot um, is is, is, is going to look like. We see ourselves uh, getting into bigger collaborations with organizations who want to leapfrog uh, microinsurance into larger markets. I see us within the next two to three years having strategic strategic collaborations, uh, potentially acquisitions or mergers with larger players to be able to create a much bigger impact in our continent. 
Amazing stuff. Well, well, all the best. I can sense what your exit strategy is, but but let me not presume. But all the best to however however Blue Wave uh, unfolds. I, I'm really rooting for for your company, and and I know that you'll continue to make an impact in the lives of of thousands and maybe millions of people. So thank you so much, Adelaide, for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, let's keep in touch. Maybe um, one of these days when things improve COVID-wise, I hope uh, we can meet in person. Thank you so much, OG, for the chance and the honor and the opportunity to share our story. And um, thank you so much for your patience. Karibusana. All right, then. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's episode enjoyable and insightful. If you have any thoughts on this episode or recommendations of African health tech innovators that you'd like me to host on the show, please reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or email by the links in this episode's show notes. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to MedTech Africa on your preferred podcast app. And if you have a moment, please leave us a great review because it really helps other people to find the show. Thanks again. I'm your host, Sam Oti, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.